0: come to order if members can take their seats. This budget is a huge job maker and the number one solution to economic insecurity is a job.
1: Hungry children can't learn and it's our responsibility to try to help. Equality and opportunity.
0: I believe most people are here because they want to do some good.
1: Welcome to Capital Ideas where today you'll meet Representative Emily Wicks. If you don't know who that is, stick around. You'll find out and you'll be glad you did. Emily just wrapped up her first session representing Washington's 38th legislative district, but she's not new to the Capitol. She's one of a growing number of lawmakers who honed their chops as legislative staffers before running for office and winning. You'll meet Representative Wicks in a minute. First, though, here's a reminder that you're listening to Capital Ideas, the podcast where members of the Majority Democratic Caucus in the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol and talk about ideas. Emily has lots of ideas, as you'll soon find out. We recorded this a few days ago, and here's what we said. Welcome, Representative Emily Wicks to Capital Ideas. This is our first time to talk in this way and I really appreciate you taking some time out today to do that.
0: It's so exciting to be here and I'm a big fan ever since I started in 2013 when I worked for State Rep Cyrus Habib.
1: I want to ask you what what drives you to public service? I'm sure that like many people something happened when you were younger and you're you're young as it is, but something happened when you were younger that caused you to take this route. How did you get into public service? I
0: would almost like to work backwards. I had this amazing opportunity to work in the state legislature for then-state representative Cyrus Habib. And being here and having the opportunity to understand the process of the state legislature and see and know the how to navigate everything and all those pieces. I loved that aspect of it. And I loved that each person came to Olympia representing their unique district and the people uh, that they served and that they lived with, their neighbors. And so I remember when I was here saying, you know, if I ever become an elected official, I think I would want to serve my community that I grew up in, Marysville, Tulalip, and Everett, the 38th Legislative District, and help my community members learn to navigate the system. and, And if they have a great idea, then we'll make that happen and we'll work together. And I also love that about the legislature, too, is you don't come here necessarily with all of these, you know, sometimes you do with what there's a lot of colleagues that I have out there that come with exactly what they want to do and exactly what they want to work on. But you can come here and people have done a lot of the amazing work for you, that stakeholder building that we've thought about these great ideas. And you get to help them take that idea and, and put it into law and make changes that not only benefit your district, but others as well. And so I go back to why I care about Marysville and Tulalip and Everett. I grew up in Marysville, and I just absolutely loved being there. And, you know, Marysville at the time, I don't know if it was anything special, you know, in comparison to what I hear from my colleagues. We all have amazing towns, and Washington is a very special place in every community, and it is. But I loved my community, and I truly always wanted what was best for it. And as a you know, student in the associated student body and a cheerleader, I always was looking for ways to get out there and be a leader in my community and help make things happen. And it was the 49-day teacher strike that occurred in 2003, which I think is the longest strike, (laughs) at least in Washington State, that happened. And at the time, we were one of the biggest high schools in the state, I think with 2,500 kids. You know, we didn't really have a a huge opinion on whether or not, you know, it was the teachers or the district or where we were at. But we put together one one, um, student uh, and a friend of mine put together a sit-in. And we were also still having sports. And so we were figuring out how to how to advertise and get the word out about the football games. And we would advertise around town and we were communicating with our community. We had this great opportunity to get our voices out there. But I remember no thinking and knowing this is where it's at. It's right here locally. It's people communicating with people that are higher up than them and telling them what they want to see and how they want their community to grow. We hear that all politics is local, but it really felt so local to me because I was doing those things in my community and in just this tiny town. And I realized that what I was doing in that tiny town, people were doing everywhere. And that really inspired me and and kind of just led me to continue to do this work. And one thing led to another after graduation, I went to Washington State University and majored in public relations and political science, then had the great opportunity to work in government affairs, you know, just kind of being in the right place at the right time. And you know, knowing that you wanted, I wanted to be in the political world, I guess, you know, and work and, and get that experience that is necessary. I worked for Governor Inslee um, on his 2012 campaign, and then from there went on to the state legislature. And I mean, each time and each experience that I had, you know, showed me something else. It's funny. I I was thinking earlier today as well that if you declare something uh and you want to do something or at least in my case you're gonna do it so i better be really careful about what i say (laughs) because i remember one time saying i want to represent the community of marysville i remember thinking that and i and i'm here and and that again was just opportunities that came up and senator john mccoy retired and then now senator june robinson moved into the senate it was my opportunity and I had to take it and jump in. And so, you know, I went back to that, that statement I had made long ago and, and all of those experiences and, you know, jumped in. And so it's truly an honor to be here. And I feel like I'm in the right spot. And I feel like I, I know that and that I want to just do the best for my community. So I'm so appreciative of them sending me here as well.
1: One of the things that you have that it's not unique because there are at least a handful of other state lawmakers who have shared this experience, but you began your legislative experience as a staff member rather than as an elected official. I think that probably gives you a leg up, but it also might give you a little bit of whiplash because there is quite a bit of difference, I suspect, between being a staff member and being on the other side of that invisible divide to where now you're a lawmaker and you have staff working with you and for you. What's been your experience with having changed hats?
0: (laughs) What's been so great is that hardly anyone remembers me from being in the legislature in 2013, which is great. Uh, I I love when I have that experience and, and people kind of look at me like they're a little familiar with my face, but I wasn't here super long enough to be super well-known um, by some of my colleagues and that makes me, me smile and makes me laugh um, because I wanna be seen as a legislator. But I truly believe that experience I had really got me through the legislative session this year, especially. It was really difficult, and it was hard to not speak to people, to try to get to know certain people without actually talking to them face-to-face, giving them a phone call. And even now, I see how different it is connecting with someone in person and then having a conversation with them on Zoom and getting something done. That kind that introduction, that personal connection has made even my Zoom communications and team's communications, I feel much richer and and more effective. I also believe that it really has helped me with my staff. and I don't want to speak for my my legislative assistant but she does often tell me that my knowledge of the workload and what it takes to do the job and and how difficult it is has really been helpful for her in her role. I can tell her how generally people manage it. We've been learning together on how to create a remote office because I know just how difficult it is. So I think it's definitely made me a more empathetic manager of people. And I'm still learning and I'm still growing and and getting better. But that's been the most wonderful thing about having served in this uh, position or having served in the legislature in that capacity. And it's also really great that at the time I was here, uh, Amy Rubel was working with all the LAs and now she's kind of followed me along and is working really closely with the legislators and new members. So I I really love that aspect of it. I'll add that it's been really wonderful to work at home as well. I think sometimes sometimes we get stuck in a vacuum here in Olympia. You know, we're, we're working with each other, but we're not really connected to our hometowns during this really stressful time and this, the, the people that we're representing. We're not really connected to the communities that we're serving while we're here and while it's really stressful and we're running a mile a minute although covid kind of prevented us from doing that i loved being able to go to the grocery store and purchase meals from local restaurants and know that people were walking by i got you know emails that said i i i am your neighbor i walked by your house i loved that connection to my community while i was here and i think there's a good point to being here and being present with everyone but there's also something about the flexibility that it provided to make sure that you were in touch with the people that you were serving every day. And so I hope, you know, going forward, we think about that and and just as all work, I think is going to be a little different and flexible that we start thinking about how we can do that both for legislators and the people that come and advocate and, and making sure that they can do that virtually and participate in the process.
1: In almost any situation, you can look for some kind of a semi-silver lining. What I want to ask about is how you are looking at this major trauma as an opportunity to reset some things, not only the way the legislature does business, but the things that the legislature produces, bills that affect things that I know are your priorities, such as economic recovery in this state and how the state supports the local governments.
0: COVID-19, for all the sadness and all the the problems that it created, was also an opportunity for our local governments, our state government, our, our nation, and everyone to, like you said, reset. It's been this generations industrial revolution in a sense we need to change the way that we are doing business we now no longer have an excuse to to leave people out long after the pandemic is over we should be doing meetings and having a virtual opportunity or to access it and also to provide public comment i think about all of the people that I've tried to get at meetings when I worked at the Marysville School District as a communications coordinator and how difficult it was to bring people in and get people involved and, and, and meet them where they're at. And this was a, really an opportunity for us to meet people where they're at.
1: Oftentimes, a new member comes to the legislature and, and spends the first two years, sometimes longer, basically just with their mouth shut, learning how things work many of the new members who came in this session didn't go with that model at all. They came in and immediately started doing things as if they had been elected by people to come get jobs done. And so let me ask you, what do you consider victories that you were able to pull off during this 105-day session that was so different, and it was your first one? Yes, and
0: first let me say that my... Colleagues and the new members are just amazing. We would have, you know, Zoom get togethers as much as we possibly could um, throughout session. And they were amazing. I mean, you know, they came in, they had their ideas, they represented their community, they were ready to go. And, you know, whether they came in and they, you know, like Jessica Bateman was a, a city council member in Olympia and also has served in the legislature, Um, When I was here as a legislative assistant, did, you know, amazing things. Uh, Tara Simmons came in here and knew exactly what bills that she was going to work on. And for me, you know, I come in as a bit of a generalist, but I do come in wanting to support the Marysville community and the Everett community and our Toledo partners and everyone I serve there. So one of the things that I talk about all the time, especially as during my time at the Marysville school district was the fact that nearly 60% of the residents in Marysville commute outside of Marysville for work. We also have, I think 75% of our area is zoned for single family, which has created a lot of congestion for our community. And a lot of people spend so much time in traffic. So There was a bill that would provide a property tax exemption for businesses, and we were extending this uh, bill because the city of Marysville, Arlington, and Lake Stevens were working on the Manufacturing Industrial Center and um, had been going through the process of recruiting companies, so they needed a little bit more time to get there. For me, it was really important that we continued this. So we made some updates to the bill to make it even more um, union friendly, to increase the wages in there, to make sure that companies that were coming in were going to pay family living wages. I'm thrilled that it went through because it's going to really help that community thrive and it's going to ensure that more job opportunities are there. If we can create that quality of life for everyone in Marysville and make sure that these great family wage jobs are in our community, that also helps the economy as well, because then people are able to go out to dinner and and grab a gift for their family member or their friend, you know, at the end of the day, they're not just waiting to get home and go to sleep or watch TVs. That's been really critical for me to work on. And I'm hoping that I can come up with some more solutions like that, that help build our economy up and, and build all of Washington State's economy as well in that process. And I... Also, you know, was told that bills are not always the way to um, make a big difference, you know. There's also a lot of ways to bring back dollars to your community. And we were able to do that for the Port of Everett with their Mill A site and the Kimberly-Clark property. We were able to bring funds to them to start putting 800 people to work. So that project will be done by the end of 2022. Lastly, I'd love to talk about the first clinic. The first clinic is a group of lawyers that put together this project to support women that are in the hospital, that are having children, that are having a baby, that are likely to come in contact with CPS. They wrap their arms around them and and wrap their their resources around them with a parent advocate who had been through it, with the lawyers to help them and with medical professionals to get them what they need and some services as well. So that we can, you know, meet mothers where they are, where they need to be, and then help protect our kids and also keep families together and make sure that they have that success going forward. I'm hoping, you know, with that, we'll we'll see the amazing things that they're able to do with just a little bit more money to do that and see if we can expand that even outside of the Everett area to other hospitals and to other places And when you look at it on an economic side, it also saves us a lot of money to support people early on and to get them what they need right then and there and get them back to being productive, participating members of their community and economy.
1: We've talked about how you got here. We've talked about what you did here. Now let's talk briefly about what you're going to be doing. We've got a few months left before the 2022 legislature sits down, we hope, in Olympia. To do its work. What kind of things are you doing to prepare for that and and have you got an agenda laid out for this coming session?
0: What I really want to do is focus on some of the bills that I wasn't able to get through during this past session. One of those being the parks bill, it's a one-tenth of one-cent sales tax that would be approved by voters and it would be authorizing communities to be able to do that. And our parks play a huge role in quality of life and supporting our families. And we've been meeting um, together as a team, those that are really passionate about parks, and talking about ways to make that bill better. And also thinking about the equity that we need to include in it. And being really explicit about ensuring that when we are raising these funds, if these communities are able to do that, that we're being really direct in supporting communities of color and communities that have been underserved historically. We often do see that parks are in the nicest neighborhoods and in more wealthy communities. And so how are we really directing our resources that we get to make sure that what some people might see as a regressive tax is actually having the type of effects that benefit the communities that it needs to serve. I'm on the transportation committee as well, and we are working on a transportation package that could potentially come forward. We talked about COVID changing everything, but we know that our transportation budget took a big hit with much of it relying on gas tax and people staying home we're going to have to think about that and our built environment and how we get around and how we're supporting communities. And that will be something really exciting to see how we're reinvesting and rethinking and resetting like what you had mentioned. I'm also looking forward to bringing together a group of stakeholders to talk about cannabis and making sure that Washington and Washingtonians are set up for success, no matter what happens on the federal level. I'm also serving on the Children, Youth and Families Committee and had the really great opportunity to be selected as a National Conference of State Legislators Early Childhood Fellow. So throughout the interim, I've been participating in virtual trainings with a group of legislators from across the country, learning about different ways that we can support our children and support early learning and make sure that we are creating the best opportunities for success for our kids and their families. Let's see how Washington can continue to lead the way because I go to these meetings and they're like, oh, Washington, we've done that, we've done that, we've done that. But now how do we improve upon that work and how do we continue to take the great leadership and the great role that so many of my colleagues have taken on and thought for over the past few years and, and build on that and build that success?
1: Just the past few minutes should put the lie to the idea that Washington's legislature is a part-time legislature. It sounds like you're doing your work, and I know that (laughs) your constituents probably appreciate that, and I certainly do. I also appreciate you having given us this much time for Capital Ideas today, Representative Emily Wicks from the 38th Legislative District, and I will give you the final word.
0: Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you for letting me be part of this and for that honor and for all the work that you've done over the years. I so appreciate you and this podcast and all the staff um, in Olympia that works hard every single day to make us all look good.
1: And that my friends is state representative Emily Wicks. She has enough capital ideas to keep an interviewer busy for several episodes and she'll be back. Meanwhile, I recommend you subscribe to capital ideas if you haven't done so yet. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you like. This is your state government, and what goes on here matters. The more you know about how it works, the better it can work for you. I'm Dan Frizell for the Washington State House Democrats, putting people first since 1889. Thanks for listening.